0: amen well, welcome to uh wednesday our wednesday midday service uh i know uh this is uh, uh moving into thanksgiving uh tomorrow and, and the thanksgiving weekend so i know some people are uh preparing their turkey so it's good that you get the word while you're preparing your turkey <laughs> all right so uh so happy thanksgiving in advance for everybody out there so with that in mind uh you know, I was just kind of meditating on what the Lord wanted to talk about today, and, the, and so we're going to talk about being thankful. We're going to talk about being thankful. You know, Thanksgiving is great timing, you know. Um, though we see it as a time of eating fel- eating and fellowship, uh, it's primarily a time to be thankful. I know some people have the tradition to, you know, go, go around in circles and say what they're thankful for. Um, uh, 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 that can be a wonderful time. Sometimes it's a very interesting time because, uh, you know, sometimes you think people are going to uh, be thankful for uh, you <laughs> and they may forget about you. But but it is a time to be uh, thankful. And I think it's a perfect remedy to this season. I call it a season of conviction. You know, conviction says this. It says uh, I have to do something different. I have to change. I have to stop. Taking things for granted, uh, basically, I have to show some thankful, thankfulness. So, a lot of times, when you know during crises and pandemics and things of that nature, it's kind of a time for people to stop, and um, and at this, at this during this season, this time, people do they experience a level of conviction because you know maybe some things that they knew that they needed to uh, do or get to, they haven't done, or some things God has been getting them to change. But most of all, it really is a time for us to um, stop and stop taking things for granted. I had a wonderful conversation with a friend of mine a, from a long time ago. I think we've been friends for 40, maybe 46 years. And then I was, you know, was kind of talking through a lot of things, but just talking about Uh, Changing some things and resetting some things. So thankfulness, we're talking about thankful, being thankful. Thankfulness is appreciation. It's value. It's gratitude. Uh, The lack of appreciation is what facilitates or pushes us into sin. Um, And and you're asking yourself, or you may be asking me, how is that so? Um, It's our gratitude that keeps us in God's presence. Our callousness is what separates. Our gratitude and our thankfulness keeps us in God's presence. I guess I also want to say, I think our gratitude keeps us in service. You know, you think about it, you know, people in your life that you do things for just because you love them, and you're really not even thinking about the collection of things that you do until it looks like they're taking you for granted. Then it it almost like pulls you into expressing your resume. You know, um, you know, like, but if they appreciate everything you do, you're not even thinking about your resume. You're just doing it because you love them. Actually, you want to do more because of the value and appreciation. But if they start taking you for granted, all of a sudden, you're like, hold on a second. I do this, this, that, and the other. You know, some husbands and wives are sitting there now going, we just had that conversation last night. So nobody wants to be taken for granted. You know, even, even people that they're, 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 uh, their nature is to give. Uh, nobody wants to be taken for granted. And so that's why we uh, hopefully during this season will we'll step back and realize, you know, people that care just because or do just because or have been there for us and will be thankful. And most of all, we'll be reminded of we have an opportunity to live this life because of the, the life that Christ gave. And we can show our appreciation and our thankfulness by making sure other people have access to that life also. And we recognize the wonderful life God gave us, the design he gave us. You know, some of y'all that are super analytical or some of us, because I can be analytical too, that are super analytical and, and ask a thousand questions, you know, almost can't even move forward because there's always a question to consider. Well, think about God gave you that wonderful brain that you're using to think about all those things. So just something to be thankful about. With that in mind, I want us to uh, turn to Luke 17. Luke 17, and we're going to start reading at verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. All right, it says this. It says, it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into into a certain village. There met him 10 men. Key here is 10 men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now you gotta, you know, again, we don't have to get into all of it now, but there was a, a, a criteria or just like we have restrictions. So people that were lepers, were given restrictions. They were quarantined, you know, um, so nobody else could catch <laughs> uh, their leprosy. So they recognized Jesus is in the town. Of course, you know, Jesus healing, is healing everything walking. And so they asked him to have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. So, so the first thing Jesus did was give him a word of instruction. Now, again, there's an opportunity here to, like, not say have mercy on us, man, heal us. And nobody asked you to give us more instructions. But notice he sent them to the priests, right? And it came to pass, as they went, they were, were cleansed. So something happened in that exchange of them being obedient. And so as they went, they were cleansed. Look at this, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a, loud voice, glor- with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his, at his feet, look, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. All right, so so, so now you have, you know, they're not even supposed to uh, interact, but he glorified God and gave him thanks, showed appreciation. As soon as he recognized, he was healed. Quick recognition, right? Verse 17, and Jesus answering Said, were there not ten cleansed? But well, where are the nine? It says there are, found, uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. Because he's a right? Samaritan. It says, and he said unto him arise, go thy way thy faith has made thee whole. So he wasn't just healed, he was made whole. You know, um, filled with fullness. And so I, I, I thought it was interesting. Jesus recognized, he says, wow, like here, this is the only person, actually, since I've been rolling, that's come up to me and showed appreciation. Number one, by glorifying God, and two, just being thankful. So it's something about being thankful. How much are we or have, or have we been taken for granted? How much have we been taken for granted? All right, we were talking about this the other day at church. You know, uh, as opposed to thinking that, that we, uh, we're doing God a favor by attending service and coming to church or serving in the kingdom. You know, we were operating at a level of appreciation. We would recognize as something that we get to do, not something that we Uh, Like doing God a favor. Let's go to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. And we'll start here with... um, Wow. Uh, I'm going to focus on verse 4, but I think I'm going to start at verse 1 and then read to verse 4. So Matthew 8, our focus will be verse 4. It says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can, canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said, saith unto him, see thou tell no man. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. All right, so, so uh, the message version of the same scripture says this. It says, Jesus reached out and touched them, saying, I want to be clean. Then and there, all signs of leprosy were gone. Jesus said, don't talk about this all over town. Just quietly present your healed body to the priest." along with an appropriate expression of thanks to God. Your cleanse and grateful life, not your words, uh, and a grateful life, not your words will bear witness to what I have done. And so what he was saying is, okay, you're clean, um, go to the priest, show him, and then give the gift that Moses offered. So he said, give an offering, but, but operate from this point in gratefulness. So it's more about your gratitude than it is about you um, making me look good because I I healed you. So something about being thankful. So here you see two simple uh, situations. And and I like the way God did this because in, in Luke 17, the 10 lepers that he healed, again, they were lepers. Again, these are people that's, that's quarantined. Don't go around them. Don't touch them. Jesus healed them. Then you have this leper, same deal. You know, he says, you could, if you want, you can make me be healed. So he didn't have to touch them. Jesus, look, look <laughs> he could have sent them like he sent the other guys, <laughs> right? And they were healed along the way. But he actually touched them. And then he told them, listen, the key to this thing is, is being Showing some gratitude. So, living a grateful life is what he said. You're a cleansing grateful life. So, Jesus wasn't healing folk just for the sake of showing he can heal. Everyone was, um, was, was designed or customized or, or put in this earth for something. So, Jesus shows up no different than the fig tree that wasn't producing fruit. He's seeing people not doing what they were designed to do. And so he sees the adversary has put, uh, put rest- uh, limits on him, sickness and disease. So he's healing. In other words, imagine Jesus showing up and just seeing everybody stuck. Stuck in debt, distress, and disease. And immediately, so, so I saw, you know, I just have this imagination. Like God's going... Man, I just, God's saying, hey, man, I sense everything's not flowing. It's flowing out of us, but, but there's, it's, it's being stopped up along the line. Jesus, do me a favor. Go see where the, uh, the obstruction is or, or, or what's, what's clogging up the flow. <laughs> and so he shows up and he sees where it's clogged at with sickness and disease and distress and he comes out and he heals. He heals to free people back up to continue in their purpose, not so people can just sit around. You know, it's the goal is to to get people back. He's saving our lives so we can save lives. And so he's telling this guy, "Hey, man, a great, a cleansed and grateful life. Not your words will bear witness of what I've done, right?" And then so so let's uh, we'll stay here in Mark. I mean, Matthew, I'm sorry, 8. And we'll drop down here to verse 14. And it says, uh, and when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. Once again, this is someone, uh, everything is clogged up, not flowing in what they purpose to do. Look and he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and she arose and ministered unto them. She arose and ministered. The message says no sooner than she was up on her feet she fixed him dinner. Now now again we've read through this people read through this a thousand times what she did was her action of appreciation was her service. So soon as she got up, her next action was to show appreciation by fixing dinner or, or, or serving. That her next action was thankfulness. Let's go here Luke 15. Definitely a familiar story here. Luke 15, and we'll start here with verse 11. Kind of talked about this a little bit in the uh, lost sheep. But uh, verse 11, it says, uh, and he said, a certain man had two sons, a younger of them. the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them, not just that son, unto them, his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance. Now remember, the father gave him his living. uh, Wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country and sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he he would fain have filled his belly with the husk That the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, key word, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger? He said, Man, please. Verse 18, he says, I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on on, on his neck and kissed him. And, uh, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto the servants, bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, key word, he was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. All right, so you know the story, the elder son got jealous. So, so, so I brought this story out, because when you think about thankfulness, the, the, the son had it made, but because you know, he didn't recognize what it cost for his, his father to afford him everything he had, he took it for granted. Like he wasn't, he didn't have gratitude, he wasn't thankful. So when he got what he had, he didn't appreciate it, so he wasted it. So you're not gonna waste any, any opportunity you have when you appreciate the cost that it took to afford you what you have. So he wasted it, and then when he realized he was about to eat what the pigs was eating, it said he came to himself. So I think at that moment, not only did he come to himself and recognize, "Hey, man, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go back and be a servant," but I think it also hit him that, man, like I, I, I took for granted a lot that I was afforded. I could have been more appreciative or more thankful. Does that make sense? And and I think um, you know when he came back, when 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 the pastor says he was lost, but now he's found, I think he was lost in uh, ingratitude. And and when he got found, the the way he came back was, man, listen, I'm willing to just be a servant. You know, there was an adjustment there, and it's a teaching I did a long time ago about uh, the air and how just their whole process, even in the cultures of what it, t- what it took to be in there. Uh, we know our scripture here is Galatians 4, 1 and 2, you're in the tutors and governors at the appointed time of the father. I think that whole process of training is teaching you how to value and appreciate what you have. And I remember when I first started teaching that, it was to youth and in corrections, and I used to, at both, both the youth ministry and with the, the youth I work with, and I used to walk them through just how, I would use the example of the city I was in. I said, so imagine I'm the father, I'm the king of the entire city. And, and so you're the son. And so we go places and because I'm king, you have all this stuff. You can go to Foot Locker and get whatever shoes you want. You can go out to eat whatever dinner you want. As Soon as we show up, I just, oh, King, King Keith, uh, what do you want? And so you're with me. So, so even when we're not around, my son goes, shows up, you know, as the prince, the next king, you know. And he goes, you know, hey, you know, uh, you, you know who I am? You know, I'm a, I'm prince such and such. So then my son comes to me and says, hey, you know, I'm tired of waiting on my inheritance. Give me mine now. You know, just give me mine. So I said, okay, we will tell you what, you can have Charlotte. You know, I'm the king, Charlotte is yours. So, so, so now, the king hasn't learned how to appreciate being the king yet. He didn't see that the kingdom was handed down from 20 generations. So I had to keep this, this, the lineage going, and I'm passing the baton so he can keep it going for his kids. But, you know, the king goes around. He goes out all the restaurants. He goes, I'm, I'm king. Y'all saw the announcement. My dad announced I'm king of Charlotte. I run Charlotte now. You know, so, hey, man, just give me and my boys whatever they want to eat. Go in the footlocker. Hey, hey, I'm King such and such. Give me and my boys whatever we want to wear. So, it's just going around the city, just enjoying. But even when the king's not there, the boys, the boys show up anyway. Remember, I was with King such and such. Yeah, give me three pair of those, five pair of those. Going to the restaurant. Man, you don't know who I am. I'm with King such and such. So, it took us 20 years to establish Charlotte. And it took... Uh, Little Prince Keith, 20 months to, to consume it all. <laughs> all because he didn't value and appreciate what have been established. He kind of took it for granted. So a lot of the, the testing and training and the delay is to teach us value and appreciation. You, you deal with things a whole lot different when you appreciate. But when you take stuff for granted, so I, uh, another story, I worked in, uh, when I worked in upstate New York so some of the kids that were in upstate New York were, um, some of them, it, it, it was a very weird place because some of them was locked up for, for major crimes, murder, big time drug deal, felonies. But some of them could have been doing truancy, you know, or stealing. They used to do something where they would steal the batteries out of uh, cars um, and sell the batteries, you know, just go, might go into the uh, post office parking lot and steal all the batteries, but now they're locked up with major criminals. So this one kid, his father owned a, uh, a uh, it's a major company, it might have been Diamond Company or something like that, it was a major company. And so they would, every, t- every visit, the parents would come up and they would get his kid everything. You know, he always had the brand new clothes, suits, they didn't have to wear, um, this was a minimum security, so they didn't have to wear like prison clothes. And I noticed they would give him something, a brand new shirt. Within a couple days, either somebody else would be wearing it or he would do something to it. Like, it, it, you know, it was uh, one shirt was embroidered. It, it was beautiful. And he just ripped the embroidery off of it. Like it just, it was brand new. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I said, your parents just watched that. Yeah, they'll give me another one. <laughs> like everything he said, oh, they'll give me another one. I said, man, you, I said, you need to appreciate what they give you. I said, I said, are you gonna keep going down this road? He said, listen. He said, Mr. Bradley, my father's company is, I forgot the name of it, but let's just say Brown. It's Brown and son. He said, you know who I am? I'm the son. <laughs> like, and this kid just took things for granted. Well, that's, that's why he was locked up in the first place. And so I think thankfulness keeps us, you know what, thankfulness keeps our momentum going. Soon as we start taking things for granted, we lose momentum. I mean, think about it. why would favor follow someone that's uh, um, that's operating in ingratitude? Wouldn't even make sense, would it? All right, so we're talking about thankfulness and we just hit Luke 15. Um, and, I, and we talked about the prodigal son waking up, but I think the first sign of truly awakening is appreciation like like when someone wakes up? The first sign of waking up is appreciation, not taking anything for granted. You know, um, if we're still taking God and His servants for granted in, in our life right now, we might we might just be sleepwalking. Like 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 you got to be really sleep to not appreciate uh, the people of God place in your life. It could be parents, it could be friends, it could be. Um, men and women of God in your life, we have to watch, like like for me, a part of the urgency of me handling business and doing what I need to do, is my appreciation for what God has done for me. Like I really do appreciate what God's done for me. You know, I spend um, countless hours, um, not just serving in the kingdom, actually I was telling the guy today, I created a, a, you know, I worked on a logo for him. And so, you know he's doing something in the body of christ uh and so i just was working on a logo for him i you know t- took time to do it so i sent him i sent him a, a version to consider if he could use it. if he didn't want to use it. well then i was just thinking today after i was doing my study and preparing and getting all the artwork together for the next couple of, <laughs> next couple of weeks or so i thought of a I got a visual of a piece of another logo. So I did that for him. So he's like, well, I'm not working on a logo right now. that understand the other. He said, but uh, he says, you know, I'm sorry that, I, uh, you know, if I really took a, took a lot of your time. And, and I was like, first of all, don't cost you nothing. I said, I just like art, but I like serving the kingdom. And so I just, for me, it was just an opportunity to serve him because I, I don't think I can be God-given. I, I don't think I can do too much for my wife. I don't think I could do too much for the people at the church. I don't think I could do too much for the body of Christ. Um, and, and as much as the Lord has me do, I'm not doing enough compared to what God done for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really behind, you know, and that's what keeps me motivated. And sometimes it looks like, you know, people getting over what have you, but it's impossible for people to get over. I'm doing it for the Lord. <laughs> you know, I win. Um, so, so just something to think about. Um, if we could stop sleepwalking and actually start showing some gratitude. Um, and this is the thing. God is not requiring something that he hasn't given us already. Let's look here at um, Hebrew 6. Again, we're talking about thankfulness. And we opened up with Luke 17 and the lepers and how 10 got healed, but only one came back to show appreciation. And then we talked about the... the you know the leper in Matthew 8 who Jesus when he sent him away he instructed him he says man go to the priest man and and you know uh, give the offering that Moses said you know show whatever you do the way you you make sure this takes is to give your life away so that's the thing you know sometimes people experience healing and you know, people go on a roller coaster ride with healing because, again, the lack of appreciation. You know, lack of appreciation. So, Hebrews 6, verse 10. It says, For God is not unright, uh, unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. It says, um, which ye showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. But the key, key to the scripture says God is not unrighteous. So it's saying that it is unrighteous to take for granted work and labor of love. Right? Especially people that are ministering to the saints and do minister. So God is, God even shows appreciation. He doesn't, put it this way, God appreciates our appreciation. <laughs> he appreciates our appreciation. So, even God operates that way. So, so don't take others for granted. Um, Don't take God for granted, but don't take others for granted. You know, be thankful to others. 1 Thessalonians uh, 1. 1 Thessalonians 1. So, thankfulness is a master key, uh, you know, for a lot of things we're looking for in our life. All right. That's why we can't walk around in a stupor and blind, because as soon as we go blind, as soon as we get caught up in some of the lust of the world, the first thing we lose sight of is appreciation. We take people for granted. We take things for granted. We can't even see the things that people are doing to impact our lives. And so we, uh, we, we walk all over hearts. Unintentionally, that's only because we can't uh, uh, we lost sight of value. All right. Uh, First Thessalonians 1, we're going to start here, verse 2. It says, we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. Remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience and hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. So here you have them praying for people, um, just showing appreciation for others, like at least interceding for others. Some, sometimes we don't even think about interceding or praying for no one but that's the least we can do um we should do more but that's the least we can do to show appreciation you know it it costs something to to give of people giving of themselves and and just because like people giving of themselves in advance just because it costs something it's a lot um it's a lot of toils, a lot of labors, a lot of sacrifice. Think about how you feel about sanctification. Sometimes you feel like a sanctification person and sometimes you don't, right? That's, that's how people operate, right? Sometimes you want to be all in and you don't. But imagine serving in a kingdom where lives are at stake if you decide not to be all in. And so that's when people operate in a labor of love, they don't have, well, none of us really have the option, but but they've committed not to, to, uh, to ride a roller coaster ride of sanctification to make sure they can give people what they need. All right, so, so this is the key. The key to being thankful and a part of what helps us, assist us in being thankful is, is to stay in God's presence. It's kind of hard to be ungrateful when God's right there, you know? <laughs> but when we're outside of God's presence, it's so easy to take him and the people he's sent in our lives to impact our lives for granted, Right? So, without seeking God first, we won't appreciate our gifting. Uh, we won't be able to handle the pressure of our gifting's responsibility. So, without seeking God first, we won't appreciate our gifting. Like, we'll even take our gifts for granted. And we won't be able to handle the pressure of our gifting's responsibility. So, all of our gifting has a responsibility. And some people knuckle under the pressure. They run, like they think running from the responsibility of using that gift to impact the kingdom is an option. But it's easy to do that when you're not seeking God first, when you're outside of the presence of God. You know, you can kind of, uh, I was talking to somebody today, you can kind of think, uh, I'll get to that. 15, 20 years ago by. Right? But that's Sunday's message. I won't get into that now. All right. Sunday's message is, is uh, if not now, when? <laughs> all right. So uh, Matthew 6:33 says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." And we talk about that scripture a lot here. How when we do kingdom work first, it attracts the things that we desire. Don't seek the things; seek the King. And so, but the, the wonderful thing about it, it is almost a setup because I'm, I'm seeking God first. I'm in God's presence. Um, I'm playing off of God, so I walk in this life with a level of appreciation and value for God and all the people he's put in my life. And so, come on, favor has to, be, has to snap to you, has to be, be, be attracted to you. Um, but I can see favor running from somebody that, again, is taking everything for granted. So God's pres- presence is the place of Appreciation. You know embracing the reality of what we 've taken for granted um, that's what happens in god 's place in, in embracing the reality of what we've taken for, for granted, being present in the moment you know so, so, so in, our, in our life as, as I was growing up, so I was sharing this with a guy I grew up with um, told you we were friends for 46 forty 46 years, I think, and so I was talking to him, so I wanted him. I want him also to understand that I understood, you know. Uh, um, but, I, but I remember at a certain stage in life, I remember when the shift took place, when it was easy to take things for granted and some of the stuff he would take for granted, I, I wish I had. And so I was telling him when I, when I slipped, when I just stopped taking things for granted and I, re, and I, I told him, so I had a friend before him and I told him that friend had called up one day, saw that I was ministering on Facebook, and he called my wife. And he says, uh, "He says, do you know Keith Bradley?" And she says, "Yeah." She says, "Well, um, is he is he a minister? Is he in in in, in uh, living for God?" And she said, "Yes." Yeah. So she said, he started crying, and he was like, "Oh my God, God is good. God is good." So she was like, uh, "Babe, was it that bad? Like was." Uh, and and I think she must have said to the guy, like, was he that bad? And he was like, well, you know, last time I saw him, he was out there. So so when I was talking to my wife, I was like, I said, first of all, babe, I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember last time I saw him. And when I left the when I left New Jersey, I was 29. It's 28 going 29, 29. And so I don't recall seeing him at all. But he saw me. And so I was telling my other friend, I said, I said, right now, I said, people don't see you credible. Nobody might not tell you. I said, you probably give me the advice to your daughter, but she's looking at you like, really? <laughs> I said, I said, so you got, you got other people looking at you, not, they're not seeing you credible because you've basically taken everybody for granted. And so, when you've taken everybody for granted, after a while, people think about you. Go ask somebody some, for something, and you've been you've shown a level of appreciation, or if they've given you something, you've taken care of it. You show value; they'll do anything for you. But people start to pull back if you take things for granted. Even as children grow up, you know we got young lady here just growing up. You know, as you grow up, you know there's a level where you where you Man, you're so happy every time somebody do something for you. But then if it shifts to is like you just take it for granted, well, now you make it harder for people to want to do for you because you're not appreciating it. It's hard. It's like, you know, ah, I don't know if I do that. Are they going to take advantage? Are they going to take it for granted? Are they going to throw it back in my face? Are they going to show a level of appreciation? So think about it. Parents got to ask children to do chores. Any child that really was appreciating was like, just the least I could do. <laughs> all they doing for me, you know, uh, you know, some of the jobs they're working out, people are, are being cruel to them, people are lying on them, people are trying to set them up, and they dealing with all that to make sure you can eat and have nice clothes and have food on the table. And instead of you recognizing all that they're dealing with, you're just like, yo, what you doing? You ain't fixed dinner yet? Snuff to it, man. I'm hungry, you know. Uh, oh, I know y'all tripping now. Y'all ain't go shopping? Yo, well, y'all need to go back out this house and put some food in here, right? Like, easy to take things for granted, right? And, and so, I, I think, you know, this is a great season for us to, like, reset and get back to appreciation and watch what starts to come your way. God will move on your friends, your your parents, and uh, strangers, even your bosses, to show you more favor because now you're not so clouded that you're taking stuff for granted. So again, it starts with being in God's presence, being in the moment. That's that place of humility, recognizing, you know, who we are and the help we need and have needed from God and the people he sent to us. See, again, when we're not uh, thankful, we don't even recognize that we need help, and we also don't recognize the help that we've needed. The, the whole time. Like, so, so think about it. This is what we do. We say to ourselves, well, forget you. I don't need nobody. What idiot would even say that? We all need somebody. There's not nobody on this earth that don't need nobody. Okay. All right. See, that's going over real good. All right. So, so this is, we always talk about here, uh, how God loves us. His plan is always better than ours. Well, this is the interesting thing. Some can't appreciate and embrace or enjoy the people or things that God has given them here on this earth. What makes us think we'll be able to embrace and appreciate all God has in store for us in heaven? You know what I'm saying? It's hard for us to even embrace and, and appreciate some things. Let's look here at Matthew 13. Matthew 13. It's just about being thankful. It's probably one of the, the, the lost master keys to... Um, accelerating the momentum in our life and I think during this time of uh, people eating food and fellowship maybe it's a great time for people to return to being thankful and watch that tension leave the house right watch that tension leave the house watch that tension leave the job watch that tension leave your life so Matthew 13 we're going to hit verse 44 44 uh, just, just a uh, a way to process this. It says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure, hid in a field. Right. It says, the which, when a man has found, he hideth for the, for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he has and buyeth that field. So, this is giving an example of the, what the kingdom of heaven is like. It says, once it's discovered, a person will give up everything important to them to make sure they secure the kingdom of God. And so, that's value, right? Kingdom of heaven is like precious treasure. It's value. is appreciate. See, again, I appreciate, I appreciate so much of what I've been afforded. I'm willing to give of myself to show that appreciation. You know, that's why the movie's called The Passion of Christ, right? He valued his father so much he gave his life to what his father loved. He valued or appreciated his father so much that he gave his life for what his father loved. See, you, you watch the shift in, in families. You know, I've actually... Uh, had to counsel, well, I counseled families for a long time because I was in youth ministry. And of course, being in athletics for years and with uh, f- uh, different teams, um, I've actually counseled. And the struggle a lot of times was when the, the shift, okay, so you had a shift where the, the, the young man or the young, young woman, they were, they were fine. His parents was guiding them. They were teaching them. They were training them. So they they made sure they ate right. They made sure even when the child wasn't paying attention, made sure they slept went to bed at a certain time. Kid didn't want to go, but the parents was making sure they they had healthy meals, healthy sleep. Uh, made sure whatever they got all their shots, whatever that looks like. Um, made sure they were you know just taken care of you know, and so the child grew up and became good at whatever they were gifted at. But all of a sudden now, they don't need to talk to the parents no more. Like, they, now, now it's a shift. And, you know, some of the people I've talked to, it was like, you could see it in them like, well, I don't want nobody to say I've I, I become this great because of my mom or because of my dad. Well, what would be wrong with that? See, something in the shifts to losing the value and appreciation. Well, what's wrong with valuing, man, if it wasn't for what this person has done or how they've impacted my life? I wouldn't even be here. That doesn't take away from your greatness. Ask, the, ask Seth Curry. He's constantly talking about what his dad did for him. But we ain't, caught, we ain't saying, oh, that's Dale Curry's son. No, at this point, people are saying, oh, uh, they're talking to Dell Curry. He said, oh, you you Steph's dad. But S- Seth never left the appreciation of this young man that, uh, I used to play ball with his dad, but uh, actually his uh, family grew up around my wife's family, but uh, 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 Trey, uh, Bert, uh So his, his grandfather is her father's, uh, one of the father's closest friends. But I remember when he, uh, he got drafted. My son called me, and he said, Dad, you know, I realized I could have valued or appreciate, pray, appreciated some things some more. I won't get into the whole conversation, but, you know, he was just showing appreciation. And uh, But in the, in when that young man got drafted, he showed appreciation to his dad, showed value to his, you know. But it didn't, I mean, with all due respect, you know, his dad was a good player. Benji was a good player, but... Ain't nobody talking about Benji. They talking about Trey. He's just re-signed with Dallas Mavericks, right? So, it's nothing wrong with with, with value and appreciation, right? And so, so, we should let's let's go let's go here. Let's look at uh, Matthew 22. Let's go to Matthew 22. Some of us right now are sitting back and wondering, what's the stopgap? What's clogging things up from flowing? It's called appreciation. It's called thankfulness. Uh, so Matthew 22, I'm going to start here, verse 1. It says, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again par- by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for a son, right? Right? And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. And again, he sent forth other servants, saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come to the marriage. So I'm doing all this, and I'm allowing you guys inside track here. Verse 5. But they made, this is key. Key, this is key verse to everything we're talking about today. They made light of it. They made light of it. Basically, took it for granted and went their ways. Made light of it and went their ways. Now, uh, the parable is a, a heaven and earth story, right? So yes, it's a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. So we should be able to relate to this when God is bidden to us to come to all the things that He has for us, and we make light of it and we go our own ways, right? It says, lot of it went their ways." It says, "And um, one to his farm, and another to his merchandise." Again, once again, people caught up and keeping up, and the remnant took his servants, the people that were sent to uh, minister the message of this marriage supper. It says, "And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them." Right. So, not only did they not listen to the message, messengers, but they abused them. It says, but when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city, burnt up their city. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Those that originally were chosen, that were favored, took it for granted, made light of it, Right? It's the verse nine, go ye therefore into the highways and as many as ye find bid bid to the marriage. And so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they found both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. So people got an opportunity to get in on this thing because the people that were favored took it for granted, right? Didn't, um, weren't thankful. Verse 11, and when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not the wedding garment. And he said unto him, friend, how came if thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to, to the servants, bind him, hand and foot, and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, I just think it's so interesting because you had you had those that were favored took things for granted they didn't get in so then he went and just said hey just go out and get anybody that has that 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 want to come so then he got the people to want to come but this guy is he didn't have the wedding garment <laughs> and, and 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 for the record I'm gonna say he 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 wasn't he didn't have value or it. he wasn't thankful since so as many are called but few are chosen I think many a call, but how they handle the call, if they value it and appreciate it, they're chosen for not only um, uh, God's use, but blessings and favor, you know? Because I think about even in selection process, people that's been in human resources, been in leadership, been on teams, it's it's very easy. I've been a coach. It's very easy to select people that are, are appreciative. It's hard to even put the person in the game that's taking things for granted. It's the hardest thing in the world. Like, Even if you need them, you're like, man, but if I put them in the game, I'm endorsing that funky attitude, you know? And then now the person's gonna think, when I want my way, or when I wanna play more, and I wanna come out the game, I just need to get a funky attitude. I can't do it, I can't do it. So I so I got the person sitting there. Now, I'm talking about how, how, how I was as a coach, but, but when I, just now, the Holy Spirit reminded me, oh yeah, you have other experience, how you were as a player because I remember my coach would take me out the game. I'm the starting point guard, I'm the captain, and he would take me out the game. Instead of me sitting alongside of him getting the next instructions this and the other, I had an attitude. I would go to the end of the bench, I would sit there, wasn't engaged in nothing going on, and I'd be like, you need, I was saying this to myself, you need me. So, and, and I probably had a face like, so what you gonna do? <laughs> And, and, and now I'm looking back, and you may remember this, coach. Uh, I'm looking back, and, and I remember, I could see the look on his face like, like he was stuck. Like, I need this guy in the game. He needs to be in the game to grow. But I can't put him in the game with that attitude. He doesn't appreciate, and the thing about it, I don't appreciate. One, I was made captain. I walked onto the team. I wouldn't even recruit it. There was recruits on the team. Like, I should have appreciated the opportunity I had. I was with one of the best coaches in America. You know, and instead of me just being grateful, I, you know, take me, you know, that Newark, man, whatever, take me out the game. <laughs> I'm not going to do how I, I was terrible, right? And so, so, so think about this. In this game of life and this purpose and and, and and this prosperity and all these things that God has allotted, I think it's hard for God to put us in the game. Because we got that funky attitude over there. We ain't showing no appreciation. We're almost like 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 So I think we need to adjust ourselves. Be, be, be more thankful. Because as bad as it is. It could be worse. As much as you don't have, don't let it blind you from what you do have. Listen, there's some, there's there's, there, there's there's homeless people out here. There's a young lady that my wife was get food to. I don't know where she's staying now. You know, she just stay out there somewhere in the woods, off of uh, 16. We saw her the other day at the 7-Eleven. I don't know, you know, I mean, she must be eating good because she picked her weight. I don't, um, but but, but we take for granted that we have a home. Right? Well, there's plenty of lonely people out here. We take for granted that we have a relationship. You know what I'm saying? We take so much for granted. I, I'm going to say this. This might be sound a little self-serving, but it's a good point. We take for granted we have a church. The church is closing down. We take for granted we have... Uh, uh, men and women of God, that ain't compromising. That ain't a given. Not in this culture we're in. So we take so much, we're so busy looking at what we don't have, are we appreciating what we do have? Scripture says in, in um, Deuteronomy 8, we'll go there, we'll look there real quick. Because we've been talking about momentum and God's been preparing us for some things, especially when we get to this place we're going to get to in in 2021. I'm almost itching to even talk about it. But uh, Deuteronomy 8. Because this ain't the first time that God has been preparing us for stuff and trying to set us for stuff. And letting us know some things is coming. And trying to get us to be able to appreciate once we get it. But verse 11. Excuse me. Uh, Wow. I'm just going to start at verse 6. It says, therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God. Uh, to walk in his ways and to to fear him or reverence him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees, pomegranates, and a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land whereinto thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. You pull brass out of the mountains. Wow. Verse 10. And when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Show show thankfulness. Verse 11. "This This is our warning. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. So he's saying a part of the appreciation is keeping the commandments. Verse 12, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses, it didn't say house, right? And hast dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, look, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up and thou. Forget the Lord thy God, which brought brought of thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Verse seventeen. We'll just drop down to seventeen. It says, "And thou say in thy heart, My power and and the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day." And so, so this is the reality. The reality is we've been taking things for granted or we can think, take things for granted. So maybe some people haven't, but it's, it's major. Um, and I saw, so when I look at all that God wants us to afford, think about how much we just forget them. You know, we get to certain places. Like some of us, I remember, I saw I use uh, me and my wife. So we was having this, uh, this interesting um, stopgap and when we first got together, because we first got together, it was working 50-hour weeks, and we were grinding, and then we were trying to keep up with church. We was at church five days a week. I'm trying to I think when we first got together, I, was, I, was, I might have still been pursuing basketball, but I think at this time we had this conversation I was, and I think I just was up early in the morning, in the word, so trying to spend time in the word, time with her working out my son and so I, and and then I cooked a lot back then so we would go to the store and I wanted to just she almost like screech into the parking lot, run in the store, get the, get what we needed and get out. She's like, no, 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 I want to go with you. I was like, nah, babe, babe, like, like you know, she's like, nah, I want to go with you. Then we get in the store and then, you know, I'd be like, okay, you go over here. So I, I got a strategy all the way through and I go over here. She's like, nah, nah, I want to go with you. I was like, nah, babe, you go with me. We're going to be here all day. I just, no, just you go over here, you go over here. And then she, you know, she made this statement. She's you know, you know, I just want to, I just want to roll with you. Um, based on our time, she's almost like chasing me around to even talk to me, like, like you know, like you know, like so. so we'd be in the house, and she had something to talk to me about. I'm like, "Well, babe, follow me, follow me, follow me, <laughs> right?" So she's almost like chasing me around and you talk to me. So the Lord sat me down one day. He says, "Remember when you just wanted to be with somebody that wanted to be with you? Well, you got it." And so, so I wasn't appreciating that I got basically the girl of my dreams. I got exactly what I wanted I, I, and I took it for granted, you know? So now I'm, 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 I'm operating like I'm irritated by the very thing that I prayed for. <laughs> and so, so there's, there, if we step back, we'll look, a lot of us are living out what we prayed for. And so we should show a level of appreciation and stop complaining, right? Just, just be thankful. So, so just challenge yourself, you know, this Thanksgiving um, and, and beyond to close out the rest of the year of momentum to just be thankful. Like, show a level of appreciation. And, and the first step was to get back in God's face because we'll be thankful and appreciate him and all that he's done for us. Because we could be, uh, I mean, some people are struggling to, to have eyesight. Some people are struggling to walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, some people are struggling to have a job. Oh, remember when you didn't have a job? <laughs> you know, like, Lord, if you just give me a job. Well, you got your job. Not for you to spend less time with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, so, just uh, let's return to being Thankful.